Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Astry, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Tuesday, March the 8th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 6, verses 7 through 15. Matthew, chapter 6, verse 7 through 15. One of the traditional forms of the observance of Lent that uh, comes to us, in addition to fasting and almsgiving, is the importance of prayer. And when we hear the idea of prayer, a number of things rush into our mind. Almost immediately is the idea that I have to pray more. I have to say more prayers. Multiply the prayers. And Jesus uh, offers some interesting and important uh, direction in our spiritual life when it comes to prayer this morning. And what better prayer could we possibly offer to Almighty God than the prayer given to us by Jesus himself to his disciples, to us, not only the disciples standing with Jesus at that historical moment, but also down through the centuries, the importance of prayer. But it's prayer as Jesus is inviting us to pray. And he begins by saying, in your prayer, do not rattle on like the pagans. They think that with they will, re, they will win a hearing by the sheer multiplication of words. In other words, if I say more, I'll get more. If I nag God enough, and if I keep going at God, uh, I'll, I'll get a favorable hearing. I'll simply wear him out. Or he'll give me what I want simply to shut me up. That's the way we humans probably approach it, but it's not the way of God. Jesus says, do not imitate them. Your father needs what you need before you ask him. Prayer is grounded in faith and trust. Yes, we present to God our need, and we hand it to God's hands, and we trust and we have faith that the Lord will grant us what we need. At times, we may not receive what we think we need. And I believe that a great deal of time will be spent thanking God once we get into heaven for all the things we didn't get that we thought we needed. And when we look back, we're grateful to God that it didn't turn out the way we had hoped for. Our disappointment, our uh, even resentment that we didn't get it, uh, is God's wisdom, which is far greater than our own. But Jesus offers to us the Our Father, prayer that we say at every offering of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And we have a tendency to uh, not multiply, but we have a tendency to put the Our Father, like the Hail Mary, on automatic pilot, cruise control, and we race through it. 
where the words simply lose their meaning and significance. They kind of run together, uh, and we just get it over with, without any thought, without any meditation. The Our Father contains seven petitions, and those seven petitions, remember the number seven in Scripture, is a sign of perfection and completion. Uh, God rested on the seventh day after the works of creation. And so the number seven is a symbol of perfection and completion. And if we look at the Our Father and meditate on it for just a moment, we realize that the word that appears more than any other word in the Our Father is the word forgive. The word forgive. That's one of the most important words in our entire Christian vocabulary because it touches on so much of the way in which God relates to us. God's mercy and God's forgiveness. Jesus says, Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we forgive those who wrong us. There is a reciprocal relationship there, isn't it? We forgive and also we forgive those who wrong us as we have been forgiven. And we have to understand, you know, again and again, that the essence of love is the seeking of forgiveness. That's, that's the real trial. That's the real, that's where love really enters. It's in forgiveness. It's not the love story of love means you never have to say you're sorry. It's just the opposite. Love means you say you're sorry every day. Husbands and wives who have been married for, oh, longer than about, uh, what, five seconds? You know the importance of forgiveness in a relationship, especially one as intimate and lasting as marriage. Good friends, they know how to extend forgiveness and seek forgiveness from the heart, not simply a, I forgive you. No, it's not that. Sort of like, have a nice day, whatever that means. Uh, it's not a kind of throwaway line. Forgiveness comes from the heart. And it also requires the ability to forget. We don't say we forgive on our lips, but in our hearts, we hold on to it. We never forget. We keep, we keep a record of the wrongs that have been done us. Uh, or we walk around in the state of perpetual guilt, always holding before us uh, the wrongs that we've done, believing that we can't be forgiven. Jesus says, where there is little love, there is little forgiveness. That's what he says to the Pharisees before the penitent woman who washes his feet with her tears. He said, 
she has loved much because she has been forgiven much. Some people have an incapacity to forgive because they have never been loved. They've never experienced loving forgiveness. And that's a great deficiency and a great challenge to overcome. And in the Gospel of St. Matthew, there is uh, a few words of Jesus after the actual formal prayer of the Our Father. He says, if you forgive the faults of others, your Heavenly Father will forgive you yours. If you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. See, there's, there's a, a reciprocity. There is a mutuality. In being forgiven, we forgive. In accepting forgiveness, we accept. We accept the extension of mercy by others, which ultimately leads us back to God, doesn't it? For the Lord forgives us in his great mercy. And so we are called to be vessels in our daily lives of forgiveness, of mercy. And it's interesting to note that the word forgive appears in the Our Father and in this passage six times. You say, well, where, where's the seventh? The seventh rides and resides with us. We are to be the seventh forgiveness. Forgiveness of those who have wronged us, whoever they may be, however long ago, however near, however immediate, we forgive because the Lord has forgiven us all of our sins, taken upon himself all of our guilt on the cross. That's, that's the sign of the supreme love of God for us, the sending of Christ, Jesus' death on the cross, for our sins. As St. Paul says, he who did not know sin became sin. He did not sin himself as the Son of God, but took upon himself as the innocent Lamb of God, take away the sins of the world, the supreme act of love. And so we are to be the ones to complete forgiveness. Some of the most important prayers we say are the way by which we extend forgiveness. And finally, right after Jesus talks about that forgiveness, uh, you know, he, right before that rather, he says, give us today our daily bread. The daily bread, the nourishment we need to do what? the nourishment we need to forgive and to accept God's forgiveness and to extend that forgiveness. We don't hold resentments. We don't keep a book of all the wrongs. But once God forgives, God forgets. And so we are, to invite, we are invited to have a convenient memory, a convenient memory, a very important memory a memory that fades, 
by the soothness of mercy and forgiveness. It erases it. So today, as we continue very early in our Lenten journey, let us be about forgiveness. Let us accept God's mercy and God's forgiveness. And in doing so, let us be faithful vessels of God's forgiveness to others. For as God has forgiven us, so we are to forgive one another. And then we enter into the very mercy and forgiveness that God has shown to each and every one of us. God bless you.